Welcome to BIB Today, the podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and executive editor. Deloitte, the, one of the world's largest consultancy and advisory firms across a variety of business functions, has issued its 2023 economic outlook, and it suggests British Columbia is heading into a profound housing downturn as part of a deeper recession nationally than at first anticipated. About the best news ahead is that inflation is going to decelerate quickly as the economy slows this year, and higher interest rates are not long for us either, so an economic stimulus is right around the corner. My guest to discuss this outlook is Trevin Stratton. He's Deloitte's National Economic Advisory Leader. He's in Ottawa today. Thanks a lot for joining us, Trevin. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kurt. Uh, let's talk about the overall Canadian and British Columbian pictures. Uh, let's start with the country. Uh, what do you think we're going to see this year? So 2023 is shaping up to be a relatively rocky year for the Canadian economy. Uh, so our latest outlook is basically forecasting almost a 1% contraction in the economy this year. We're looking at 0.9% contraction. Uh, now, most of that's going to be felt at the beginning of the year. Uh, so we're projecting declines in GDP for uh, Q1 and Q2 in 2023 basically no growth for the third quarter, and then only really getting back to economic growth at the end of Q3 and, and into Q4. Uh, now, of course, one of the kind of driving factors is obviously the Bank of Canada's uh, rate hiking cycle. We've obviously seen a relatively robust, you know, 400 basis point increase in the interest rate in a very short period of time since March, since March last year. Um, and what this is doing is that it's steadily diverting household income more towards interest payments and, and debt servicing and away from other types of economic activity like consumption and savings, things like that. Um, of course, on top of that, there's also what's happening globally, what's happening with the U.S. economy. Um, as the U.S. economy slows, obviously, that's going to be a drag on the Canadian economy to uh, consider our close economic ties. Do we still have a rate hike in store, do you think? So what we did in our latest economic outlook is that we have rates standing pat. And even with that, uh, we are, we're calling a recession. Um, and actually, we're calling we're calling a recession in the fall as well. And we've said that it's gotten a, a little bit worse, a little bit deeper, a little bit longer. Um, and that is, of course, still pending uh, further rate increases like what we might be seeing later this month. Uh, a lot of eyes will be looking very closely at that Bank of Canada decision that's coming up. When you uh, drill it down into the British Columbia market, of course, we are very housing dependent in our economy. We, we probably the, proportionately the province with the greatest amount of uh, real estate dependence in terms of driving uh, our economic picture. Uh, what do you see here? So uh, the effects of the housing market downturn are definitely going to be more pronounced uh, in BC and, and also Ontario, I should mention as well. Um, so, you know, these are the markets that have by far the most expensive housing markets in the country, and therefore they have the highest debt burdens. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, one of the drivers of economic contraction this, this year is increasing interest rates and increasing debt servicing. And so those areas of the country like BC that have high household debt levels, a lot of it being in mortgages due to the housing market there um, are, are going to be bearing more of the impact uh, this year. Um, and so with interest rates rising, these debt servicing costs are, are going to have the biggest impact in these types of provinces, um, with most sectors of the economy being affected by the reduction in household purchasing power as well. Um, of course, what's not necessarily helping that situation when it comes to housing, too, is, of course, the two-year ban on for, foreign home buyers uh, yeah. making tax increases. You know, these are going to further weigh on the outlook for BC and, and Ontario in particular. It, it, it's an opinion I'm seeking on this one, but it, does that foreign ownership 
moratorium, I think it's two years in length, uh, it, it was announced well back, but does it look ill-timed now in terms of what it's doing in the market? I mean, obviously, there are, there are reasons or motivations behind doing it. Uh, certainly, housing markets in certain areas of the country were, were relatively strong. Uh, some maybe might even say overheated at, at a certain point in time. That's that was one of the motivations for putting it in place. Um, of course, at the same time, housing affordability is, is is an issue as well, particularly in those provinces, but all over the country too. Um, and so that was also one of the motivations for for, for putting that in place. Uh, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind, uh, as all economists say you know, the short term versus the long term implication of, of some of these factors um, is definitely going to, uh, you know, put down pressure on, on housing prices and the economy in, in the short term. Um, over the long term, whether that uh, results in more housing affordability uh, remains to be seen. With the rate hikes that have uh, come into place, uh, obviously, those play a big role in determining the confidence that people have in investing. Uh, what do you foresee here in the way of an investment climate in this country? Yeah, I mean, Canada hasn't necessarily uh, had strong business investment numbers for a little while. Uh, you know, we see that in our productivity numbers to uh, business investment in Canada has been diverging from the United States, for instance, since since around 2011. Um, and over the long term, we're expecting that to continue because there are some longer term competitiveness issues when, when it comes to Canada, which which maybe I'll talk about in a second. Uh, but when we're looking kind of this year in particular, um, so businesses are projected to kind of continue to grow their investment spending. Uh, for a few different reasons, but it's not going to be that strong. Um, and, and I'll get to that too. Um, so business investment is first of all still playing catch up uh, from the last recession. Uh, and there's also been very strong growth in corporate profits uh, over the past little while too. Uh, and so what that is doing is that it's padding kind of capital expenditure budgets for a number of corporations uh, right now too. And so there's there's a little bit of dry powder there that's, that's available to be used. Um, secondly, it's an incredibly tight labor market right now. Uh, you know, labor has become increasingly scarce in Canada, and this creates an incentive for some businesses to decide to invest in productivity, enhancing capital, uh, things like technology that can help offset staff shortages. As mm-hmm. labor becomes more expensive, maybe businesses decide to invest in capital or technologies to offset that rising cost in, in that way. Um, but despite, you know, these couple of factors, business sentiment has been trending downward uh, over the past few months. And we just saw recently this week, uh, the Bank of Canada's business outlook survey was was rather negative when it comes to what businesses are thinking about right now. Um, and that's expected to remain subdued. Um, also, when we see the United States economy slowing right now too, um, domestic consumer spending continues to decline. Obviously, these are playing a bit of a factor when it comes to business investment intentions. Um, something else that I should mention, that that maybe isn't paid as much attention to uh, as business inventories. Um, actually, in the fall, when we when we projected a recession in the fall, it wasn't only because of interest rate increases. A, a pretty significant factor um, was business inventories. So you'll remember. Earlier in the pandemic, obviously, there were quite a few supply chain issues. We saw businesses last spring basically stockpile inventories because of supply chain issues that were taking place. Obviously, the conflict in Ukraine was, was really starting at that point, too. Um, and we haven't seen those stockpiled inventories actually work their way through the economy yet. Uh, and so because of that, businesses aren't necessarily planning on investing in inventories just yet because they, they have these stockpiles that they can still work with. Um, so overall, you know, even though companies are expected to spend a little bit more for a couple of the factors that I mentioned, the gain is going to be pretty modest um, because they're also expected to take a very cautious approach, particularly because of the uncertainty that we're seeing. 
by no means is COVID gone, uh, the pandemic dead, uh, so to speak. Uh, but uh, what adjustments do you now see in the economy that uh, the, the pandemic uh, events and, and in a lot of ways, how have businesses adapted uh, to their supply chain issues uh, that were, were particularly acute in the pandemic? And what does that portend, do you think, in terms of the next year's economy? Yeah, I think there there are a couple different factors here. Uh, certainly, uh, when it comes to the sectors that uh, you know thrived during the pandemic and the sectors that might have been the hardest hit, the pandemic itself affected that at the beginning of the pandemic, and that still hasn't been resolved yet. So, obviously, you know, in 2020, there was an economic crisis created by a pandemic um, that was very much on the demand side of things. Right? It, you know, people weren't able to go and spend money in the way that they used to. They weren't able to do the same types of economic activities that they did in person. Uh, businesses like restaurants, hotels, the tourism sector, uh, hairdressers, etc. Um, we're, we're suffering quite a bit. Transportation, of course, too. Uh, and uh, we've seen some of those sectors, you know, start to, as the economy opened up, start start to rebound. Um, but those some of those sectors are still some of the hardest hit. Um, and what we're seeing right now is that even though the economic impact that we're seeing right now isn't on the demand side, isn't only due to a pandemic. It has to do with inflation and interest rates. Um, those sectors that were hit the hardest or, or still hit the hardest um, are also the ones that we might be seeing lower consumer spending in. Um, so things like recreation, uh, culture services and the arts, accommodation, food services. We're looking at consumer spending on those decline as you know more uh, a household money is going towards interest payments as opposed to consumption. Um, and so that's that's having an impact during the pandemic, certainly. One of uh, Canada's best friends in the economy is the American consumer. And I want to get a bit of a reading from you about what you think uh, the American economy is going to shape up as in 2023, because obviously, as as it goes, we go. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the U.S. sneezes in Canada catches a cold. One thing that I'll mention is that it's not only the U.S. Actually, it's not only Canada. It's not only any particular province that are dealing with some of these trends. This is a global issue. There's a global slowdown taking place right now. The inflation issues that we're seeing, uh, we're seeing in many countries around the world. In some ways, it's actually related to to a global geopolitical issue. You know, when it comes to energy prices, when it comes to some types of food prices, commodity prices, the conflict in Ukraine is, is having an impact, particularly in Europe. But that, that's you know going across the world too in the global economy as well. Uh, when we're looking at the U.S. economy specifically, we're we're also looking at a slowdown right now too. Um, that's certainly going to impact Canadian exports. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why uh, we're projecting a recession in, in almost all provinces except for Saskatchewan and Manitoba, but in Alberta in particular, um, is because of energy exports are are going to be down this year, uh, and, and that's specifically exports to to the United States. Uh, we're also seeing, you know, you mentioned earlier how the pandemic may have affected the economy more over the long term or, or still affected it. Um, when it comes to supply chains, we've seen a bit of a trend, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, call it deglobalization. Uh, you know, for many years, many decades, we've developed these incredibly integrated global supply chains across the world. And because of some of the uncertainty that may have been introduced with the pandemic itself and borders being closed, but certainly may be exacerbated with the conflict in Ukraine 
pain uh, or maybe exacerbated just by businesses focusing on supply chain resiliency right now um, is looking at more local production or regional production or national production. And that's kind of disrupting supply chains in a certain way, too. Um, and what we see in the United States, you know, when it comes to manufacturing, uh, when it comes to the Inflation Reduction Act, um, we see the United States, you know, looking to produce many things themselves. Uh, in essence, the global economy is becoming a much more competitive place. Uh, and, and because of that, you know, some of the existing economic ties that we have uh, when it comes to supply chains might be changing. Yeah, it, your, uh, your forecast does talk in the way that uh, other economists are talking right now, which is that this will be a short-lived recession, uh, that uh, people have called it a soft landing, but it's more just not, it's not going to be rough and protracted. Um, I wonder, though, uh, whether that means that uh, the economy, uh, those involved in it, are not going to learn any lessons out of this one. Do you, do you think there's a lesson or two that can be learned in the way that we are in this recession right now? Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, the, the first point is very important one. You know, some of the issues that we're talking about may sound dire, but we, we expect the recession to be relatively mild compared to historical standards. If we're looking at 2008, if we're looking at 2020, uh, this one's going to be mild compared to those. Uh, basically, what we're looking at is that inflation should continue to decrease in response to the contraction in the economy this year. This should hopefully allow the Bank of Canada to begin unwinding its monetary policy, basically to reduce interest rates by the end of the year or before the end of the year. Um, and we're going to certainly see economic headwinds in the next six to nine months that are going to be challenging for many Canadians. Um, but we're we're expecting it to be that period to be relatively short, to be relatively shallow, at least by historical standards. Uh, now, in terms of lessons, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of policy decisions that are being made right now, um, and some are still up in the air. What's really interesting to me to see will be what number of governments, federal, provincial, municipal as well, uh, do when it comes to fiscal policy. Uh, certainly in uh, reaction to most or many downturns, uh, you know, government spending increases. Uh, one of the interesting things about this uh, economic downturn in particular um, is that it's almost been orchestrated due to a policy response to be able to cool the economy. Uh, and so, you know, fiscal spending, though it might help uh, many Canadians that might be in need, uh, you know, in the short term, uh, might actually, you know, pour fuel on the fire of inflation as well and not necessarily achieve the intent of uh, hopefully addressing the economic issues that we're facing in the short term, you know, taking our medicine over the short term so that we can get out of this as quickly as possible. Yeah, but you alluded earlier to the fact that Canada hasn't had great investment numbers for a number of years. Um, does that necessitate uh, any kind of a, a growth strategy for our economy out of our federal and provincial governments? Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, our, our long-term uh, investment projection is similar, you know, no, no matter what, what we see happening this year, over the longer term, we're expecting Canada's business investment levels to, to go back to, to the meager levels that they were before the pandemic over the longer term. Uh, you know, Canada's very strong in some areas when it comes to competitiveness. You, you know, when uh, one of my favorite studies is um, this competitiveness study out of the IMD Business School in Switzerland, one of the best business schools in Europe. Um, and they asked foreign investors why they decide to invest in any particular country. And for Canada, the top answers are always talent and education levels. Um, and those are those are incredible competitive advantages that we have, the way that the economy is changing. If we're talking about knowledge-based economies, you know, this is this is very important that, that a lot of investors are looking for. Things that are at the bottom for Canada, though, are regulatory complexity, uh, taxes, uh, in some ways, infrastructure investment as well. Um, and until we're able to address some of those other 
other structural competitiveness issues, uh, you know, being able to get our longer term investment projection up, uh, it won't be possible until we're able to address those. Yeah, I mean, notwithstanding uh, the tech sector layoffs we've seen in the last number of months, um, I'm really surprised that people see Canada as having a big talent pool. I mean, that doesn't match up with what you're hearing on the ground from businesses that are uh, suffering some pretty acute labor shortages. Um, last thing, uh, with every forecast, uh, there is in the back of the mind of the forecaster some kind of wild card, a couple of wild cards out there. Um, what are your wild cards, do you think, that might uh, alter your, uh, your forecast? Uh, so one of the wild cards is definitely jobs. So I should say, you know, we're, we're projecting the recession to be relatively mild, as, as I mentioned. And one of the factors, uh, one of the reasons why we're saying that is because we're seeing a relatively strong labor market. You know, traditionally in recessions, it's associated with job losses. Businesses become more cautious. They trim their payrolls. Um, this time, the situation is different, though, and businesses are going to have to balance the expected softening of the economy against this incredibly tight labor market that we see. Um, so we're expecting employers to likely be reluctant to let go of their workers for fear of not being able to fill those vacant positions once the economy actually gets to the recovery period. Um, and we see that in, in the number of the employment numbers when we look at employment, when we look at jobs, when we look at unemployment, um, that the labor market still remains relatively robust, which is somewhat unique when it comes to, to economic downturns. Um, now, that's not to say that we're not expecting some isolated losses in certain sectors, uh, you know, some of those sectors that, that I previously mentioned that are already hard hit. Um, things like construction, retail trade, transportation, warehousing, the arts, etc. Um, but despite these kind of isolated soft pockets in, in the job market, we're actually forecasting the labor market to provide support for the economy um, because it remains so tight. So that's definitely one wild card um, that, that we're, we're keeping an eye on right now. Um, of course, the other one is what the Bank of Canada decides to do with, with interest rates as well. Um, depending on how much they decide to increase them, that could, of course, alter the projection when it comes to an economic downturn if, if they continue to raise rates. Yeah. Well, it sounds like if we just hang on for about six to nine months, uh, we're going to start feeling better again. Right now, I think there's quite a lot of headwind out there. But I want to thank you for your time today, Trevin. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, my pleasure, Kirk. Thanks for inviting me. I'm Kirk Point, publisher and executive editor at BIB. Thanks a lot for watching.